This is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God today. And I really want to just um, carry on from two weeks ago. How many of you were here two weeks ago? Um, where we spoke, I'll try and do a, like, a recap in like two or three minutes, if that's possible. Spoke about vision and values. We spoke about how many businesses in the past, and even churches, and our church, has often been very vision-led. And what I mean by that, we talk about where we're going, and we talk about what we're going to do, and we talk about what we're going to buy, and what we're going to achieve, and how many people we're going to reach, and, and all those things are good. But I think there is a shift definitely in me, and maybe in some of you, where it's not no longer almost good enough to be vision-led, but it is more important for us to be value-led. That we are led more by what we are about, what is important to us, what our priorities are, than simply where we're going. Because often what happens is you decide where you're going and then your values kind of just, kind of just move and follow your vision. And sometimes you compromise on your values to achieve the vision. Sometimes you, you know, you disregard certain values to achieve your vision and that can be very personal. If you run a business and you, your values of the, the vision of achieving in the business is, is greater importance than the value of your parenthood and kids suffer and family suffers and your health suffers and your mental health suffers. Why? Because you have a vision to build a great business. And it's great to build a great business, but what we spoke about was if our values went ahead of our vision... I think that makes us healthier people. I think it's a healthier church when we decide these are the values that we have as a church. And as our values lead the way, our vision will also take us to where we need to go to. But we won't be compromising on what is really important. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus sits down his first ever sermon Okay, the most famous sermon of all, the Sermon on the Mount. And he sits down. I love that. He just sits down with the people. And he talks and he speaks. And we spoke about how, you know, if you have one message to bring, if you're the manager of the team, the coach to the, it's win the game. We're going to do this. We've got to succeed. We've got to win. Because Jesus knows he's got three years to accomplish the vision, accomplish the mission. And yet what Jesus does, he just sits down on a rock and just sits and talks all about values more than he does about vision. This is his first ever message, his signature message, what he is going to be known for. And he speaks values. He speaks about the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are, you know, the pure in heart, blessed are those. He is speaking value, value, value. He doesn't talk about how many people they want to reach and how many miracles they're going to see and how many people they're going to feed and, and all of the metrics that many of us sometimes measure success on these days. He's basically saying, you want to live a successful life, it's about having your values ahead of your vision. And so really that's what we spoke about and obviously there was a lot more and um, it was probably the second greatest message you will ever hear. Um, if you wonder, that's because we did one a few weeks ago called The Greatest Message You Will Ever Hear, which is about the grace of God. And um, anyway, it was not even funny. But you can watch, you can watch, no, I said you can watch, you can't watch anything, but you can listen to that message on our um, Spotify, Apple Music and um, that might be helpful because it will set you up for what you're going to hear today. Is that all right? 
What it says in Matthew 5, there's a beautiful verse in four, verse 43, I believe it is, of the Amplified Version. And Jesus says it like this. He says, actively integrate godly values, okay? Actively integrate godly values into your daily life. I love that verse that Jesus says. You need to work at actively integrating godly values into your daily life. I think that's a great statement. It's a great vision statement for your life. (laughs) Actively integrate godly values into your daily life. And as a church, that's one of our aims today. Our aim is to help you actively integrate not worldly values, but godly values into your daily life. Because ultimately, like I said a minute ago, ultimately what we are about is greater than where we are going. What we are about as a people is greater, is more important, you could say, than where we are going. And you might think that's a strange thing to say, but if you put it like this, because if you ask, if I said to you, well, we can go there, and you might be like, okay, well, that's there, but I'm not sure I want to go there with that attitude. Or I'm not sure I want to go there with that person. Or I'm not sure I want to go there with that, um, with that mindset or with that value system. And I could say to you, how many of you want to come to the Maldives? No quarantine, no tests, no masks, just white golden sand. Just close your eyes. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or think or imagine. What did Ed say a couple of weeks ago? Push, pray until something happens. We just... <laughs> Some of you Maldives are coming. Some of you just got to settle for Skegness over the next few weeks. But don't disregard Skegness. Um, if I said, let's go to the Maldives, you'd be like, I'm up for it. But some of you would have another question. And the other question is say, but who are we going with? Does that make sense? We all want to go to the Maldives. It's a no-brainer. But I kind of want to know who we're going with. Because what happens if we end up in the Maldives and I'm with a group of people that don't share the same values as me? I'm not going to enjoy the time. I'd prefer to stay in Skegness with people I share values with. Or I stay in the Maldives and just leave you and go on my own somewhere else. What we are about is more important than where we are going because the values that we share determine the experience we have. Our shared values determine our experience. And if you've ever seen Love Island, <laughs> some of you this day preaching about Love Island on Sunday morning. I know some of you like you've never seen Ireland. Some of you, it's your guilty pleasure and there's no condemnation here in church. But, and I don't, I don't really watch Love Island. I haven't really seen it. But I do know what they do is they get a collection of random strangers and they put them on an island and love is supposed to happen. <laughs> now, of course, people want to go there. They want to go to the vision of the island because it's a beautiful place. But many of the times end in tears or it ends in fallout or it ends in difficulty, challenge and trauma and pain. Why? Because the values are different than what they expected. 
And so you might be in a great place, physically speaking, but yet the values determine the experience. Our friendships that we have are based on shared values. Our family, natural family, and also our spiritual family, is rooted in shared values. And all of our values are different. And we should celebrate different values, especially when they are good values. Okay? I'm, not sure, I'm, not, I'm not talking about celebrating bad, dishonouring bad values, but celebrating different values. Some of, you, some of you have a value system in your home where it's open door, anyone can come. I know pre-lockdown, etc., but anyone can come and you know, come and eat with us and come and hang out with us and come and enjoy time with us. And that's a big value to you. And that we celebrate that value. Some of you are a little bit more guarded with your home experience and you, you're a little bit more protective of your home experience. That is also a good value. And so we, we celebrate the different values that all of us have. And so we have personal values and we have family values and we also have corporate values. Okay. Um, but today I really want to speak about is what are kingdom values? What are kingdom values? What are the values of the kingdom? Because every king and every kingdom has their value system. Every king and every kingdom has their value system. And it is the same in the kingdom of God. Now we are part of Great Britain. Rule Britain. No, not rule Britain. God save the queen or whatever it is. You know, the national anthem. And we're not going to stand for it. But we are part of Great Britain, okay? Now, Great Britain has a set of values, and you might not know this, but it does. And these values are actually set by the British Council, and these are world-renowned values that are called Great British Values. Four fundamental values. Does anybody know what the Great British Four Fundamental Values are? No, it's not football, the pub, and the curry. Um, Okay, there are four fundamental British values. The first one is democracy. Okay, that is a fundamental British value. A second British value is the rule of law. The third one is respect and tolerance. And the fourth one is individual liberty. They are the four recognised British values. So anywhere you go in Great Britain, you should be able to be part of a democracy. There should be a rule of law. There should be a respect, of tol- a respect and tolerance to each other. And there should be an individual liberty where you can be yourself. I think they are good British values that are worth celebrating. And we are thankful. And I'm definitely thankful we live in a country that has values that are established like that. Because there are a lot of countries around the world that would not have values anywhere near quite as peaceful and aim for our good as those British values. Now what it says is these four British values underpin what it is to be a citizen in a modern and diverse Great Britain, Great Britain valuing our community and celebrating diversity in the UK. Fundamental British values are not exclusive to being British and are shared by other democratic countries as a way of creating an orderly society where individual members can feel safe, can feel valued and can contribute for the good of themselves and for others. And so they are the British values. And we are, and many of us are, British citizens. I know in here we have a multinational room, so you might not be a British citizen, but you this is your home for now. And we we include you as British citizens today. And so we are British citizens temporarily, but we are also citizens of the kingdom of heaven eternally. 
And so we might be here for the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years, however long you want to live, but yet we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven eternally, forever. And that blows my mind. Do you ever just sit there and think heaven is going to be forever? And then you get to ever, ever. Sometimes freaks me out to think it's never ending. We are citizens of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And so we respect and we agree with our national values, but we also have kingdom values. And those kingdom values are not established by Queen Elizabeth or by Boris Johnson. Those, king, those kingdom values are established by the king of kings. God himself, who establishes the characteristics and the value system of the kingdom of God. Now in Matthew 5, Matthew 6 and Matthew chapter 7, it is the Sermon on the Mount. Like I said, it is the most famous message of Jesus's ministry and it sets him up for everything he's about to do. Every conversation with a Pharisee is a result of this message. Every healing is a result of this message. This message sets his whole ministry up and Jesus is blowing people's minds because he is talking through kingdom values. He's sitting on a rock and the crowd is there and he's just going after value, after value, after value, after value. And people might be there going, yeah, but Jesus, what are you going to do? And how are you going to do it? And he doesn't address any of those questions. He just talks about who we are going to be as a people of God. And the reason it causes such a stir is because the kingdom values he is talking about clash with the cultural values. That is always a challenge when your kingdom values clash with societal secular values. I don't know about you, but that is probably one of the biggest challenges for me personally and for us as a church in the day and age that we are in. When we have a set of biblical values that we adhere to, but yet the world seems to diminish that and to say that is now obsolete and we now have to live by what would be considered more culturally appropriate values. How many of you sometimes find it a challenge when they clash with your biblical standards? And that is a challenge now, and can I just say it's going to be a challenge ongoingly. When the values of the kingdom of God, written in the word of God, begin to clash. But it is nothing different to what Jesus speaks on the Sermon on the Mount. There is a clash as he is speaking. And in 1 Peter 2 verse 11, I love what it says in the message. It says, friends, this world is not your home, so do not make yourselves cosy within it. (laughs) Peter is saying, this world's not your home. It's a temporary home. And so don't make yourself so cosy in it that you, you basically follow the cultural values and you ignore the kingdom values. Kingdom values surpass whatever the cultural values there might be. And Jesus has no problem creating this upside down theology because what he lives and what he speaks is the kingdom of God. Now you might be here today going, well, what is the kingdom of God there? I could do with some help on that because I'm... I'm kind of new to this, and um, that is awesome. It's my joy to be able to explain briefly what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God himself, in simple terms. 
It is the rule and the reign of God himself. And so we said, what is the kingdom of the United Kingdom? The kingdom of the United Kingdom would be the rule and the reign of our monarchy and our authority of the nation. But the rule of the kingdom of God is how God rules his people. It is how God reigns. God reigns, the Bible says, with justice. And God reigns with love. And God reigns in his nature and God reigns through his character and God reigns through the goodness of who he is. And so the kingdom of God is talking about the rule and the reign of God. It is how he rules. Now, Jesus is speaking in Matthew 5, 6 and 7. And we're not going to go into all of that today. It's far too many scriptures to read for one day. But Jesus is speaking permanent kingdom values. He's not just speaking popular values. These are permanent values. How many of you know it's easy to start stating popular values? It's easy to speak a value out and then not live it two days later. It's easy to post an Instagram out and not live by it three days later. That's easy. That's easy. Wow, you like that one. Because much of society lives by temporary values. Well, I believe this, but now I don't believe that. Well, I'm for you. No longer am I for you. Well, we support this. Well, we kind of don't support this. Temporary value, it sounded good at the time and it was popular at the time and I got lots of likes at the time, but I didn't, I wasn't, it was kind of more in the moment. Jesus isn't just doing in the moment values. These are values that have been established from the beginning of time. That when God established the heavens and the earth, these values were the nature of him coming out of him. Why? Because what you build is ultimately an extension of who you are. What you create comes from who you are. And so you might be able to create something from who you are not, but it will not last the time. And so leadership really is creating and leading from the extension of who you are, which is why really the Bible says if you can't lead your family at home, forget about leading a family at church, which is sometimes why I've decided to quit many times. Because <laughs> sometimes our home can be chaotic and sometimes our home can be out of whack, but thank God for his grace that says, hey, you know what, I'm going to grace you to be able to do this still. But it is true because you ultimately You don't just step into leadership and then step out of leadership. You you lead from the person who you are. And God creates from who he is. And so these are not just popular values. These are permanent values. This is the manifesto of Jesus. And whenever you enter a general election, how many of you hear the manifestos from the Conservative Party and the Labour Party and the Liberal Democrat Party and the Green Party? And these manifestos go forth. And what the manifestos say are, this is what we are about for the next five years. And Jesus is almost, in Matthew 5, 6 and 7, he is almost presenting his manifesto to the world by basically saying, if you're going to follow me... You need to know what I stand for. If you're going to choose to be one of my disciples, you need to know this is what it means. This is what it looks like. And we're going to go into what they are in a moment. It is his manifesto. And what you find with many governments and many political parties and all of them, so let's not, you know, get political in here. Most of them find it hard to follow through on their manifestos. 
Why? Because there is so much unpopular opinion towards their manifestos that they end up backtracking. And there was so much unpopular opinion to the manifesto of Jesus, but yet he stands firm. And ultimately, he stood so firm for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It was the manifesto of Christ that took him to the cross. It would have been way easier had they come to Jesus and said, so uh, I, I, I hear you've been doing this, Jesus. And he could have, well, actually, no, 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 no. You've got the wrong end of the stick. I heard you healed someone. No, 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 it wasn't me. It was kind of uh, this thing. No, Jesus basically, and they keep saying, are you the son of God? And are you this? And he has smart answers and you can read them in the gospels. But he's basically saying, this is for this reason I came. For this reason I came to earth. For this cause. Because these weren't temporary values. I don't know if you've ever been to like a fancy dress party. Anybody ever been to a fancy dress party? And there's a theme with the fancy dress. It might be like 70s theme. It might be like 80s theme. Okay. Um, it might be like Star Wars. Um, I don't know. It might be like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or whatever the theme might be. And you get your clothes on and you're like, oh, this is awesome because you've got your fancy dress clothes on. And for a moment, you like go into character. And while you're at the party, 70s music, you got your flares on, you know, and you're like walking around thinking like you're in 1977 and you're just, you're loving life. But the reality is the part is going to come to an end. And you're going to take your fancy dress clothes off and you're going to be sat on your sofa watching Netflix again. Because what you are doing is you are putting on temporary clothing for a temporary time. And then when that finishes, you'll return back to who you were. So you step into being a 1970s rock star and then step out of it again. But Jesus doesn't step in and doesn't step out. He says, these are the values of the kingdom of God and this is who I am and this is who I will be until the day that I die. This isn't temporary. (laughs) This is who he really is. And these values that Jesus speaks, they might be easier to say, but they are more difficult to live your life by. But for the next three years, Jesus lives out these values. And my challenge to us as a church today is, is can we live out kingdom values? Because it's easy for us to speak them, a lot harder for us to live them. And so it's a challenge to us today, myself included, that can we just maybe live out what these values I'm going to speak, maybe you can live out one of them. Because <laughs> easy, for, the, the, me preaching this is the easy part. Me living them out is the harder part. And yet Jesus, more than anyone, doesn't just speak it, he also lives it. And I think the world is looking for an authentic community of people who don't just say something, but live by what they say. They might not, they might not agree with you, but let me tell you, they'll respect you. They'll respect you for the way you live your life, not just for the words that you speak. Because our lives should back up our values. That is our integrity. When your life doesn't reflect your values, guess what that is? That is hypocrisy. And Jesus speaks to the Pharisees a lot. Why? Because he's fed up of their hypocrisy. Because they are saying one thing and yet living totally different. He's saying, he's saying, you think you have a value like this, but you don't live with that value. Your lives 
have to back up your value system. And that's why when the teachers of the law go and put their money in the offering and Jesus is watching, then if you read that passage and the Bible says Jesus is watching and these teachers of the law go and put you know, their big amount of money in and hey, just let you know, a couple of thousand G's going in this bucket as they drop it in. But then the Bible says a little widow comes around and just puts a couple of coins in, very like unannounced and walks off. And Jesus says, let me tell you, she has done more than what they did. What is he saying? He's basically saying the teachers of the law who come and Pharisees and try and show off to put their money in, it's, it's a facade because they don't really care about the poor. But they want to give you the impression that they do. They don't really care about those who are broken and hurting, but they want to give you the impression that they do. Well, yeah, this little lady has given so much from what she has. Maybe she cares more than all of them put together. Values, let's be honest, values aren't cool. Vision is cool. Imagine we had Vision Sunday. How many of you love Vision Sunday? Vision Sunday is awesome. And we used to do them in church. We haven't done it for a couple of years. But Vision Sunday where we'd have a big screen and we'd go. (laughs) Even with that sound effect. And we love Vision Sunday and people would turn up for Vision Sunday. Imagine we had Values Sunday. I think I'll I'll have a good day at the park on that one. Because values aren't cool. Vision is cool. Values are dull, but vision is inspiring. But Jesus doesn't call us to be cool. Jesus doesn't call us to be popular. Jesus doesn't even call us to be inspiring. He calls us to be holy. But it says in the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 16, he says, be holy just as I am holy. And I know we don't want to talk about holiness much. It doesn't make people get out of bed and come to church. But holiness is the foundation on how we live our whole Christian faith. And values might not be that cool, but values are what we need. And in Matthew 5 to 7, those two chapters, the manifesto of Jesus, he highlights these values. And I'm just going to go through them really quickly. I've only got a few minutes left. I can tell because Kay's coming to finish me off. I get the message, Kay, okay? I know you've got Sunday lunch coming, but I'll let me just take your time and we'll work through this together. Okay, so these are, some of the blessed, these are some of the values from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Are you ready for this? Okay, the blessing of God is a value. And when I say the blessing of God, let's just call it the goodness in the kingdom of God is a value. God wants to bless people. There is goodness in God that he wants to lavish on people. And the Bible even says it in Matthew 5, verses 3 to 12. God blesses the pure in heart. God blesses the peacemakers. God wants to bring blessing on the persecuted. God wants to bring blessed on those who are mourning. God wants to bring blessing on those who are righteous. Why? Because the blessing of God, his goodness upon people, is a value system within the kingdom of God. Verses 13 to 16, salt and light is a value. When I talk about salt and light is a value, what do we mean by salt and light? Being and doing good. Making a difference. Adding flavour. Bringing light to people's lives. It is a value of the kingdom of God to make people's lives better. 
Matthew 5, 21 to 26, and you can read this in your own time, but reconciliation is a value. Reconciliation is a value. It just is. And if you don't believe me, the context of that passage in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus is speaking about in 21 to 26 is where he is talking um, about murder. (laughs) And you think, wow, that's a strong term. But within the context of it, he's basically in verse 24, go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. If you're angry with your brother or your sister, do what needs to be done. He's basically saying, don't let your anger result in murder. Let your anger result in reconciliation. Why? Because reconciliation, restoration is a value in the kingdom of God. Verses 27 to 30, the next passage, faithfulness towards each other is a value. He's talking about, Jesus goes on to talk about adultery and he talks about being unfaithful to people. Why? Because the faithfulness that we have towards each other is a value of the kingdom of God. God is faithful to you, therefore we are faithful to each other. Verses 33 to 37, trustworthiness is a value. Talks about oaths, let your no be no and your yes be yes. It talks about don't break your oath, but fulfill the vows that you have made. Being trustworthy, let me tell you, it is a value of the kingdom of God. Verses 38 to 42, forgiveness is a value. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them and give them the other cheek to slap. Forgiveness isn't just a good idea. Forgiveness is a value of the kingdom of God. 43 to 48, love your enemies. Love is a value. It just is. You read it, 42 to 48. And what I like about that passage, it doesn't just talk about loving your parents and loving your siblings and loving your football team and loving your best friends. No, it talks about loving those who you don't actually love. (laughs) Loving those that you don't actually like. Loving your enemies, loving those people that just put you off. That's who Jesus is saying. That's who you need to love. Why? Because loving the unlovable is a value. Chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Generosity to the needy. Generosity to the poor is a value. If you don't believe me, read it. Matthew 6, verse 1 to 4. We can't just ignore the needy and ignore the poor. It is a value to be generous towards them. And as at Lidl this week, and there, was a, there was a man begging outside for money and he asked if I'd give him some. And I actually don't carry cash. I don't know about you, but I just carry my phone. I use Apple Pay the whole time. And it means I just don't really have cash. And I said, I don't have any money. I said, but can I buy you a sandwich? Can I buy you a drink? And he's like, yes, please. And I was able to buy him a sandwich and a drink. And Jay was very intrigued and asking and all about it. And I was like, Jay, I think that's just what we should do. It's not boast. I don't think that's anything spectacular. I don't think that deserves an Instagram. It's just the value of the kingdom of God. To be generous to the needy. Matthew 6, 5 to 14, prayer. Look how many verses he gives to that. 5 to 14, 
So many verses talking about prayer, which is a value in the kingdom of God, communion and fellowship with God. It's not just a good idea. It's not just something we should do at times. It is a value. Chapter 6, 16 to 18, fasting is a value. And some of you are like, oh no. When we talk about fasting, we're really talking about sacrificing personal desires. Going without, laying my life down for the greater good. Jesus is saying, you need to know, it's a value in the kingdom of God. Chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Trust is a value. Jesus talks about, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than by them? So therefore, how many of you can add a single hour to your life by worrying? Why do you worry about this? And therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Jesus is basically saying, trust between us is a value in the kingdom of God. Matthew 7, verse 1 to 6, he's talking about judging others. We don't judge you. Why? Because I can't take out the the speck in your eye when there's a plank in mine. Humility is a value. It's from the kingdom of God. Chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, obedience is a value. Ask, seek and knock, it talks about. Seeking and, 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 and entering through the narrow gates. Narrow, narrow basically means there's a, there's a way of obedience in the kingdom of God. It's not just us doing what we want whenever we want to do it. No, that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God works through obedience to the king. It's a value. Chapter 7, verse 15 to 20 verses talks about, talks about the um, fruitfulness. And how can, a, how can every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down. And it talks about how we are recognised by our fruit. Why? Because a value of the kingdom of God is to be fruitful. And finally, chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, the final verses of this incredible Sermon on the Mount is all about wisdom, the wise and the foolish builders, the man who built his house on the rock versus the man who built his house on the sand. Wisdom. You read Proverbs. You tell me wisdom is not a value in the kingdom of God. And so all of that, I speak all of that to say, none of that message in those three chapters is about where we're going. It's all about our relationship with God And it's all about our relationship with each other. That's what it's, every verse is all about our relationship with God and about our relationship with each other. That is true life. Because kingdom values create kingdom fruit. And you cannot create what you do not own. But what I create, I create from what is within me. And so you might think when we talk about in Galatians, when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, patience is a fruit of the Spirit, but patience is a fruit of the value of trust. I trust God, therefore I am patient. Self-control is a fruit of the value of faithfulness because I uh, believe in the faithfulness of God and I believe to be faithful to my wife and faithful to my friends, therefore I hold self-control. 
And so kingdom values create kingdom fruit. And some of you are like, well, I want to be more fruitful. I want the fruits of the Spirit to be more evident in my life. Therefore, I need to do this, this and this. No, maybe what you need to do is reevaluate your values. Because when the values are in you, the fruit will grow from you. I'll say that again. When the values are in you, the fruit will grow from you. If I value my kids, the fruit for my kids will grow from me. If I value you, if I value you, if I value certain things, the fruit will grow from that place. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Prioritize, make your number one goal the kingdom of God. And when we've sometimes said, seek first the kingdom of God, I sometimes think we've meant, seek first the kingdom of God means being in church every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Seek first the kingdom of God means having your tithe in the right place at the right time. Seeking first the kingdom of God means doing your morning devotion. And all of those things are good things. And all of those things are beneficial and essential for, I think, good, I think, healthy Christian living. But the kingdom of God is more than an attendance in a service. It's more than a gift in the offering. It is the values of the kingdom that are within you. And when they are set within you, everything else grows from that place. Everything else grows from that place. And so, if you're struggling to be consistent in church, Sunday gatherings, you might think, oh, I want to be more consistent, but Saturday night was busy and <laughs> things happen. And, you know, like, so I come one in four, one in five, one in, six, one in seven if I can. And, and you're like, but I'd love to be more consistent. I need to do more. I need to, you know, I need to set my alarm better. No, if you want to become more consistent in the fruit of that, the best thing to do is to identify the value of being together. The value of community. The value of not forsaking the gathering of the believers. The value of corporate worship. The value of corporate prayer. The value of sitting under a word and serving and contributing your skills and your talents through kids church or through the band or through serving and helping someone to a seat or welcoming in a car. They are the values that you set. And as the values become foundational within you, the other things become easier. Maybe you find it hard to give because let me tell you, giving is a fruit of the value of generosity. But once you can establish the value, everything else will flow from that place. And so how do you establish the values of the kingdom of God? You have to dwell in the kingdom. You have to reside in the kingdom. You have to look to the king, honour the king, talk to the king, get to know the king. Share with the King. Be honest with the King. And as you're honest, and as you know the King, you get to know the Kingdom. If you had a couple of hours with the Queen of England, you'd come away from those couple of hours knowing a lot more about the Queen and knowing a lot more about her Kingdom. And so therefore do the same with God, the Great I Am, the King of Kings. Get to know who he is. Get to know these kingdom values. We need to close. But would you stand to your feet? And what I want us just to do as we close 
Because in that same passage, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus speaks in the section on prayer, this is how you should pray. And I thought it'd be cool for us to read the Lord's Prayer out together today because it is full of the values of the kingdom of God. So it's going to come on this screen. So let's read this together. This then is how you should pray. Let's speak this out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It is the Lord's prayer. May his kingdom come. May his will be done. How does his kingdom come? When all of us begin to live out those kingdom values, that's when the kingdom comes. The kingdom coming isn't Jesus on a cloud somewhere. The kingdom coming is all of us living out the values of the kingdom. That is when you'll see his kingdom come his will be done. And so let's sing this song as we close our service and then I'm going to come back up and pray for you all. Come on, let's worship together.